well, we can't really find the right pieces. We're piecing all this stuff together. We've called companies that do splash pads. It's all commercial stuff and it's way too expensive. It, it prices people out of a, the market for a backyard splash pad. So one of those business partners said, hey, I'm going to start a manufacturing company and we're going to make the nozzles and we're going to make the control systems and we're going to make the manifolds and we're going to make the parts and pieces so then we can install them and do it at a good profit margin and have good quality. So from that, Rain Deck was formed. Welcome to the Pool Chasers Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Viafania, joined by my co-host, Justin, the bearded plumber, Bowie. <laughs> yes, sir. And today we've got a very special guest. We got Ryan Wurlich. 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 So you all know. That's yeah. how you say it. Wurlich. <laughs> Wurlich. There you go. Thanks for being on the show. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Really excited to have you here. I mean, so you're with Brain Deck. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what Brain Deck is exactly? Sure. What do you want first, me or Rain Deck? Let's go with you. You seem pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm interesting. Okay. Some people say I'm not. They they say I'm kind of monotone and boring. That's my coworkers. They say I'm not. We're going to find but out. They don't know the pickleball, Ryan. Yeah, they do. And they still say it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Ryan Werlich. I've been living in Arizona for, this will be 12 years in August, actually. Moved Where are you here. from originally? I'm from California, Huntington Beach, born. Till I was 12, moved to Northern California um, in the gold country, so north of Sacramento, and uh, was there till I was about 19, left and went to New York City and served a, a church mission for my church and uh, met my wife there, and she's from Utah and lived in Utah for 16 years about and then moved here. Nice. So, been around. Dude, that's pretty rad. Huntington Beach, you born and raised? Yeah. Dude, that is sweet. So, you skate, surf, all yeah, the Yeah, I grew up skating, surfing, boogie boarding, uh, snowboarding in Lake Tahoe area. That's, you know, when I was a teenager. Watching all these old uh, skateboard documentaries and different things like that, it's crazy uh, how many of these people, like, lived in Huntington Beach or they moved from another country. And it was all about like living or, uh, you know, having a roommate in Huntington Beach. Yeah. And they just, you know, skate there, you know, like the famous uh, Bosch Townsend and all the Dogtown guys. A lot of them, like as they got older and developed their own companies and stuff like that, like they all something about Huntington Beach. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Surf City USA, right? Yeah. Actually, I had, so I've been there so many times, but I never knew about that surf museum. And I went there, I don't know, some months ago, but dude, that museum is rad. I mean, it's got like weird hours, but I went in there. I'm like, dude, there is some straight up surf, uh, artifacts in here. It's yeah. pretty cool. I haven't, I haven't been back to Huntington beach for a while. I, I spent a lot of time in Oceanside. We vacationed there as a family, um, but love the beach. Nothing like it. Yeah. I don't like to live there. It's a little crazy, but yeah. Oceanside. Well, that just. Anywhere in California. California's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I like Lucadia. If I could be anywhere and just kind of like stay put, we're talking like San Diego area. I love Lucadia. My man. brother lives in Ocean Beach. He's been there for a long time. Oh, yeah? So that's in San Diego area. Hell, yeah. Very I cool. like Ocean Beach. 
Yeah. Some of my favorite spots are there, actually. Yeah. So how did you get into rain deck? I mean, did you do anything in the, the pool business or the water feature business prior to that? How'd you get into it? So this goes back to when I was 19, I <clears throat> uh, served a church mission in New York City. And while I was there, I met two guys that were missionaries as well. And those are now two of my business partners. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy how you know, you do certain things in life and it comes full circle. And this is one of them, you know, uh, serving a church mission and meeting young men doing the same things and then going on with your life and then reconnecting later and starting a business. So that's pretty how, awesome. How did you pick, uh, the rain deck? How did, like, was there some interest in it or how, how did that end up your, your spot? So I was living in Southern Utah, St. George, Utah, and I was doing real estate appraising. This was back uh, before the crash of 2008. And, you know, 2004, five, six, I think that's when it was. While I was doing that, my business partner, one of my business partners was doing his thing here in Arizona, doing typically a more residential splash pads. And I said, well, this is a great area, too. I mean, it's hot in St. George, Utah. I said, let me dabble in that, too. I got a guy. I found a guy that did plumbing and said, hey, man, I'll sell them, and you plumb them. And uh, he's like, yeah, cool. So I talked to my business partner, and he's like, yeah, just we'll ship you all the product and go ahead and sell it. So I was doing that on the side, just doing real estate appraising, real estate transactions and making some good money and uh then the crash happened i had to get out of there and get a corporate job which i traveled for three years and missed a lot of my kids lives which sucked so uh after three years i, I was basically sitting in a parking lot on a lunch break selling a commercial splash pad and uh Finally called my business partner and I said, Hey, I'm ready just to do this full time. He's like, Really? And this was probably say May. This was like in May, the month of May. And he's like, Well, why don't you move out like next February? And I'm like, No, I wanna I wanna move out now. And he's like, Are you sure? I'm like, Yeah, let's do it. So just quit my job and packed my up. family out to Arizona and haven't looked back since and it's been a great blessing and we've grown our business from you know 12 years ago it's just been it's been phenomenal it's awesome been really good you feel like there's that moment for some entrepreneurs it sounds like it is for you where it's just like we're gonna do this and we're gonna make it and i gotta i gotta put all my chips in it i just gotta jump ship i gotta i gotta just i just gotta do it and it's like being in that mindset, you're going to figure it out no matter what. Yeah, it's, it's, you got to swim, right? You sink or swim. But, you know, there's calculated risks. I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that just takes blind risks and just says, ah, just throw, push it all in, you know? There's calculated risks, and uh, this was definitely one of them, and it's been amazing. It's turned out very, very well for my family and, and myself and, and for the business. Yeah, so can you just... Uh, share with the listeners what Rain Deck is exactly, maybe even the products that 
you have, maybe some of this other stuff will make a little more sense. Sure. So let me back up. So before Rain Deck was even a company, um, two of my business partners were doing backyard splash pad installations, and they both worked for pool companies at the time. Um, they were getting requests from homeowners saying, hey, I want a splash pad in my backyard, and they're like, what the heck's that? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, sure. So they probably looked something up, and they're like, uh, yeah, I guess we could we could try to do it. So uh, they were just pulling parts and pieces from, you know, whatever they could find. And uh, basically we were making Jimmy Riggs splash pads. And uh, at one point, I think one of the business partners said, hey, I think we could actually do these, like, as a business. And so uh, a business was formed by, for doing backyard splash pads. And they're killing it. They're doing really well. I, I think maybe, and they could correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think I saw an original invoice of a, a backyard splash pad when they first started. It was like four or $5,000. <laughs> now you're not going to find that today, obviously. You can't even get the equipment you need, you know, for that much money for a backyard splash pads set up. When you say they, is this like, some buddies that started a company. Before. These are the, these are current my current. So there's four business partners in Rain Deck. Okay, and two of them are the two guys I'm talking about that okay. started these this backyard flash pad company. So from that start, they said, "Well, we can't really find the right pieces. We're piecing all this stuff together. We've called companies that do splash pads. And it's all commercial stuff, and it's way too expensive. It, it prices people out of a, the market for a." Backyard splash pad. So one of those business partners said, hey, I'm going to start a manufacturing company. And we're going to make the nozzles. And we're going to make the control systems. And we're going to make the manifolds. And we're going to make the parts and pieces so then we can install them and do it at a good profit margin and have good quality. So from that, Rain Deck was formed. So from basically... Trying to figure out backyard splash pads, rain deck was formed. I'd love to see some of those like very oh, yeah. first, like before <laughs> the company was even formed. Like yeah. you think they're still around today, some of those like OG ones. Oh yeah. People will call us and be like, I got a splash pad. I think it was installed like 20 years ago. We're like, oh geez. We definitely <laughs> don't have the parts for that. Can you send us a picture? They'll send us a picture and be like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't know if it's one of the questions, but what is one of the things that was like How am I trying to say this? Like, what didn't you all understand? Like, is it more complicated than you thought in building a splash pad? Because to be honest, I didn't really think there was that much to it. And I also didn't understand it. But after talking with Justin and seeing him build his when it was just, you know, all the plumbing in your backyard. I'm like, dude, there is a lot of shit going on back here. <laughs> like this, this is heavy duty. I mean, I don't know. I think I throw that back at Justin. Like you're, you plumb a lot of pools. I mean, plumbing a splash pad, is, there, is, it, is it harder or is it not? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, um, the amount of pipe that goes into it for what you see at surface level, it's a lot. Yeah. I would think a lot of people would be shocked to see what's underground, <clears throat> for sure. But, you know, it's different complex. I don't think it's any um, harder to plumb than a pool, but it's definitely different. 
Yeah, it's just crazy though. But I mean, what was the uh, what was the thing that you had to really figure out? Was it just the the parts that you needed, or I mean, I'm sure you have to think about like the actual uh, like the math behind it too, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's some math behind it in terms of flow rates and you know what size pump you're going to need for that flow rate and and all that. But backing up a little bit, so when when uh, Rain Deck was formed as a company. You know these nozzles that we currently have—they're all machined with CNC machines, and and it's a it's a plastic material it's called Delrin. That was trademarked by Dupont. It's high ballistic plastic, but we can machine aluminum, brass, stainless steel. Just more money, and it's usually when architects spec that in, we we can offer that. But our plastic nozzles are kind of our bread and butter. Well, those at back way back in the day. These were being not machined. These were being drilled out with a hand drill, literally a drill press, put a hole in a ball to make water shoot out of it. I mean, that's how we've evolved from a hand drill press to do different spray patterns to now CNC machining. And, you know, that we were one of the business persons shipping stuff out of his house, out of his garage. This started in a garage. Raindex started in a garage. Amazon started in a garage. Most entrepreneurs start in their garage. Apple, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, Steve Wozniak or, and Steve Jobs. Yeah, so shipping was happening from UPS out of a garage in Queen Creek, Arizona. And from there, it's evolved to a seven-acre facility and freight trucks coming in every day, shipping throughout the country, the world. And it's... It's quite phenomenal. Yeah. So can you tell us about, you know, Rain Deck, like the products and different things like that? Yeah. I mean, so we make anything from a ground spray nozzle, deck jets. Uh, uh, a lot of pool builders will use our, our deck jets um, that we use on splash pads as well. So we make nozzles, uh, control systems. We make manifolds that have solenoids on them that talk to our controllers to make them shoot off at different intervals. Uh, we, we have different product lines. We have residential, or we call it a light commercial, which is PVC and fiberglass components, where we make all in-house by hand, and we paint it all in-house. And then we also have our commercial line, which is all stainless steel fabricated, you know, welding and grinding and sanding and powder coat. And we all do, we do it all there in Queen Creek on seven acres now. So if say I wanted a splash pad in my backyard, you know, I might hire a builder or something like that to do it. Do they buy like a kit from you all or yeah. how, how does that work exactly? So we do have a, a rain deck splash pad kit. So you can buy a standalone kit, which has a pump, a filter, a tank. So you're recirculating the water. It has nozzles. So we have, splash pad kits for standalone purposes we have pool tie-ins which which justin's i think plumbed before mm -hmm. you tie it into your pool and use your pool as the the tank basically so usually on your return line you can uh, plumb that in or do a separate pump so you know i always tell pool builders i think gone are the days of these you know back in the 80s 90s you see these little rock waterfall features on pools off to the side that's on the return line. Um, you know, I think, why do that? Just do a splash pad off to the side. 
Yeah. You know, and do you guys sell like the, uh, different features that you'd see on a splash pad? You know how you have all those different things where water's like yeah. falling off of. Yeah. Mushrooms, yeah. fire hydrants, flower showers, dumping buckets. We do all that. Super cool. I was uh, at Lifetime Fitness yesterday and took my daughters to swim at the indoor gym and they had the, like, they just, they were probably 30 minutes, like the mushroom water feature yeah. just standing under it and just made me think, especially we are doing the podcast today, like, man, that's pretty cool because it looks like it's like not too much. It's not too little. Like there's probably some like real, um, I don't know, there's a lot that goes into making that happen and being consistent. Yeah. A lot of pool builders will put our stuff in Baja shelves. So, you know, all of our features that have a single leg on them, they're detachable with eight bolts. So you can plumb in an inch and a half line to our base, put it in a Baja shelf, put a mushroom in there, take it off, unbolt it, go put it on the splash pad that's next to the pool, or put a different feature there like a dumping bucket. Oh, wow. So it's really an inch and a half feed line to that base, and you can have a variety of different options. So if you have like a bubbler or something like that, can you like convert that to say a mushroom or something? Well, you got to have our base, right? That holds that. So if you have a stainless steel feature, you have to have a stainless steel footing base that can hold that weight. So it has to be during typically remodel or new construction. Oh, okay. So you're putting that base in there and, uh, and gunniting around it. So that's not like an easy conversion. Not really. You're talking about just a regular pool bubbler, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> little nope, little demo involved there. I got you excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Lion Financial. Offer your customers the industry's best financing options and sell more pools. Lion Financial's low rates and long terms give your clients more buying power, making a pool affordable one low monthly payment at a time. They offer unsecured loans with rates as low as 4.99% on approved credit, terms up to 30 years, options for credit scores 625 and up, and no 6% consulting fees like other finance sources charge your customers. Lion Financial pays builders directly, ensuring a payment on time and in full. Call 877-754-5966 or visit www.lionfinancial.net today. And now back to our episode. So can you walk us through the splash pad setup? I mean, how it's built and all the steps that are involved in actually getting that in a backyard or I'm sure for commercial uses as well. How, how do you go about that? Well, there's a great video on our website if you want to check it out. <laughs> no, I did, Thanks, I, you can go there right now and watch it. <laughs> we do have about a 12-minute video on our website for a backyard splash pad uh, setup, how, what's involved. But, you know, you're going to have some dirt work. you got to get it down to get your plumbing in, get your base, compaction, rebar. You know, you're putting some effort behind it. You're not just putting some plumbing to it and just pouring concrete. So you want to reinforce it with some, some mesh or some rebar. you got to dig a hole for a tank if you're doing a standalone. So it's you know, about a 5-foot deep by 5-foot wide hole, 325-gallon tank. Um, you're going to try to recapture about... 70 80 percent of that water you're going to lose it you're going to lose some water due to evaporation splash off carry off in kids clothes so there's an autofill there it'll autofill the tank as needed similar like a toilet and uh how deep is the hole for the actual splash pad that you're digging i'd say about 
go down about eight inches. Yeah. How do people determine that? Does it just depend on how big a splash pad you're getting or what? No, I, I mean, you got to have room to get your plumbing in there. You know, your base, your rebar. You got four inch thick concrete typically. So depending on where you're at in the country though, you know, every, you know, if you're in a colder weather climate like the Midwest or East Coast, you might do six inches of concrete. So then you're gonna have to go down deeper with your dirt work. Okay. Yeah. So are mostly like pool builders doing this type of work or? Yeah. So our clientele, we sell direct, so we sell to anyone, but our main clientele is pool builders, landscape contractors, right? They're in people's backyards. They're doing the design of their pergolas, their barbecues, their turf, their pool. And then if a splash bed comes online, you know, they're already there. So yeah, we're selling a lot to landscape contractors and pool builders. Nice. And what size plumbing are you usually doing? So you're looking at about four inches on the high end on a drain line on a backyard. And then, all the spiders going out from the manifold, your three quarter to half inch, sometimes one inch, just depends on what size solenoid you're doing and what, you know, what features and what nozzles are you gonna, gonna have on your splash pad. Inch and a half too for the above ground feature. So all of our above grounds, mushrooms, fire hydrants, dumping buckets, those are all inch and a half. Okay. What's a good size? Had for like a residential application. Really big. Really big. <laughs> Better for you? They, no. You know, everyone's got a different thing going on in their backyard. Some people will say, oh, I got 150 square feet. I got 200 square feet. Okay, that's awesome. But you can only do so much with that square footage. We'll have a lot of people say, I got 200 square feet and I want a dumping bucket and I want a mushroom. I want a, that's awesome. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to work. It's going to yeah. shoot off the pad. You're going to lose a ton of water. Um, so in terms of designing, yeah, you have to be cognizant of what square footage you have to use and what's going to fit appropriately in terms of ground sprays and above ground features. So, but typically a backyard, you're like 200 to 400 square feet. Yeah. I think I did mine, I think it was 20 by 25. <clears throat> what I noticed is you almost lose, you know, five feet on the whole perimeter because you want to keep everything inside mm -hmm. so you don't get the splash out. Yeah. So, yeah, that, so, yeah, 20 by 20. You said 200 to 400, do you think? Yeah. And maybe, like, a 200 would be more just, ground sprays. Just ground sprays and maybe, like, a mushroom in the middle. Right. I like it. Did you do anything differently, Justin, since you had a pool? that was there before no I, I ripped a pool out to put mine in so we pulled it out and compacted it but removed all the plumbing and like, yeah you didn't do anything yeah it was like it was basically like starting fresh because the equipment where your equipment is at for the splash pad that's not even like where the old equipment was for the pool was it um close, close. like within 10 feet yeah oh, okay yeah do you get that a lot where people will remove a pool and put a splash pad there instead? No, but we should see the more of that. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, typically we're going to see people doing pool tie-ins. If they're going to do a pool, especially here in Arizona, a lot of people are going to do a pool. Uh, off to the side, tying it into the pool, or they don't have the yard space. They got a, a, a small lot and they can't do a pool really. So that's where we'll see oh, they're going to do a splash pad. 
So how do they how do they do that exactly? Or how are you suggesting people do that? How do you tie it in with a pool? I've never heard of that before. Well, I think Jessica could speak to that. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's just a drain line that goes to the pool from the from the drain box in the pad. So kind of like Ryan said, it's just instead of having a tank, you use the pool as the storage. But so you're pretty much using like the pool's plumbing and all of that stuff to power the splash pad. So you're no longer having to do that. You can usually on the return line side is, is where you're going to divert the water to the splash pad. But if the splash pad is big enough and has a lot of features, it's probably better to just do a separate pump. Okay. And some people like that because then you're not having to use an automated Jandy valve. You know, if you have, like a, a smart system where you're saying, hey, turn on the splash pad and the automated jandy valve rotates, sends water there. Um, you could just have a separate pump and say, turn on the splash pad. And is there always a heater with the uh, splash pads? No, we don't We do not do a lot of that. It's kind of counterintuitive. I, I, I tell people it's like jumping in a hot tub and then coming out and the cold air is hitting you. Like the splash pad water, if it's heated and it's hitting you, the moment it's not hitting you, the the you know the cold air is hitting you. So it's, I, we've had people do it, but it's not a common thing. What about in commercial? Do they they don't make you do it in commercial? No, no. they just probably winterize them, take yeah. them offline in the winter. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Jandy Speedset Variable Speed Pump Controller. Never struggle or get slowed down programming a pump again. The Jandy Speedset controller sets a new standard for variable speed pump user interfaces, enabling quick setup, programming, and maintenance, making it the user interface you've always wanted. Featuring a large, easy-to-read LCD display and exclusive flywheel navigation, you can quickly and intuitively set up to 10 schedules and 8 additional time runs with ease. But Speedset doesn't just make setting up the pump a breeze. It makes pool maintenance simple as well with a dedicated clean timer, ideal for circulating chemicals or vacuuming the pool, and a one-touch stop button with on-the-fly time stop customization as well as local automation bypass. Look, programming a pump has never been so fast and easy. For fast, simple, full-feature control, drop in a Jandy. For more information, you can visit Jandy's website or contact your Fluigia sales rep. All right, now back to the episode. Nice. When it comes to chemistry or balancing the water that is in a splash pad, say it's a standalone, like how do you even do that? So on a typical backyard setup, it's going to be an inline chlorinator and, uh, you know, just test strips like you would on a, on a pool or a spa. It's a little trickier with water chemistry with splash pads because you've got a lot of aeration going on from the nozzles and, and stuff like that. But uh, it's not too difficult. I mean, you just got to make sure you have tablets in there. And then, you know, if you look at a, like a Rainbow 320 inline chlorinator, you know, it's got a dial from 1 to 10. Like on a pool, what would you have it at? Like a 5 or something? At least, yeah. So on a, on a 325-gallon tank, if you have it on a 5, <laughs> that's going to be heavily chlorinated. So you're literally like at a half or a one on, on something like that on a splash pad 325 tank now water could be green for all you know you know, yeah you wouldn't be able to see it i mean what what where are you getting that water sample from just out of the nozzle or you know when it shoots up just 
wherever you can find it. Yeah. Yeah. Lots I'm of sure spots. there's some in the pump too. It might be a little warm, but yeah. Can you give us a price range on a setup? Like I know you're saying earlier, you know, pad used to be four to five grand, but like, what are, what is it now? Like what is a budget that someone should have like low end to high end? Yeah. So a basic backyard splash pad, let's say 200 square foot pad with eight ground sprays, maybe in a mushroom, uh, installed all in with the, the top coating being like an acrylic lace cool deck, you're probably on the low end, probably 12 grand mm-hmm. on the higher end, 15. That's a lot, but I, I did think it was more than that. Speaking of surfaces, you said acrylic, what are the surfaces? Like, what do you see most? What are the options? So in residential, you're going to see acrylic lace cool deck with a seal coat. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, rubber surfacing. We do sell rubber uh, granules. Uh, that you trial on it's a pour in place application so rubber and acrylic are kind of the two Mm -hmm. and then gray concrete is the go-to for commercial like cities don't want to deal with the maintenance on rubber or acrylic um i've seen some exposed aggregate yeah exposed aggregate yeah i think we did one up in um the orchard it was exposed aggregate which seems a little rough but it looks good (laughs) yeah i mean aesthetically it looks awesome but yeah you know if a lot of people that's the thing is a lot of people do a splash pad just for aesthetics Mm -hmm. i tell a lot of you know older clientele now my grandkids are going to be here but they're only here maybe twice a year so i want something safe for them splash pad's perfect there's no drowning going on Um, the other thing is they don't want it to look like disneyland in their backyard year round right right so they're they're the ones that are going to do the ground sprays only maybe some led lights Mm-hmm. So when they have a party, they can turn it on, and it's a great water feature. But it also, when their grandkids come over, it's safe, it's chlorinated, and grandkids can have fun. That's sweet. Out of all the features you build, what are your favorites? In a city park or in backyard. my backyard? Residential, yeah. Actually, give me both. Okay. So backyard, probably dumping buckets. We have a dumping bucket two feature. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Um, commercially. Man, we do a lot of cool stuff. We do a lot of custom cool stuff. Like we've done a scorpion feature up at Carefree, mm-hmm. kind of Carefree. We did a, a sweet scorpion feature with LED lights in its eyes. Cool. With a tail coming up with a, a nozzle shooting down. I like doing like cool stuff like that. One-off? Like, yeah, one-off stuff. I didn't realize that was something you could do. So somebody send you like a CAD file and you guys just build it? Yeah, or they'll be like, hey, we want to do something like well, so we did one up in Winslow, Arizona. We, we, we designed their splash pad recently. And they wanted to do a Route 66 theme. Mm. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. So, you know, just the juices start flowing. And you're like, okay, what can we do with what we already have but kind of tweak it? So we did like, we did like a cool like arrow, right? Like get your kicks here. Like get mm. your kicks. And then we had a, a scupper coming off of that of water. Nice. Yeah. So stuff like that. Like that's the kind of stuff I love. Like, yeah, we do we do pretty cool stuff just off the shelf. But when you get into that custom theme stuff, that's where it's really really cool. How many water towers are going out the door? Because jeez, man, <laughs> we do a lot of these water towers. People just love it because it gives them an option to put their logo, like their campground. We uh, sell a lot to campgrounds, RV parks. They'll put their logo on it because they're right off a highway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Man, we do a lot of those things. They just fill up, right? And then there's like four spouts or something that just flood out. So we have a couple options. We got one that has a, just a top bucket that dumps about 30 gallons of water off the top of that tower and disperses. And then we have an internal, like a 80 to 90 gallon bucket that fills up. You don't see. Mm-hmm. And then when it dumps, it shoots out about six slots on the bottom. That's right. It's a lot of water, but it's cool. That's probably one of the, the coolest features we have they're all stainless right yeah stainless yeah. and aluminum yeah that's going to be the yeah the, the makeup of that but you know those are those aren't for the faint of heart those are about 36 dollars yeah a little bit much for a uh backyard residential <laughs> but well i don't know rick chafe you might like one of those in red rock you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll be plumbing his pool soon actually have you done any uh rooftop splash pads or anything like that We've done a cruise ship. Uh, we had our guys go out to, uh, I think it was France, port, somewhere in the port of France. But we worked with a company that was doing a miniature golf course on the cruise ship, and they wanted to incorporate some of our nozzles and do a splash pad kind of miniature golf thing. So, yeah, we've done a cruise ship. Have we ever done a rooftop? Yeah, we actually have out in California at a hotel. Yeah. Water storage, one floor below probably. Did you guys do the install or you guys just? No, we just sold the product. Um, I don't know where the water storage is at, to be honest with you. Do you guys do any installs anymore or when you guys went into manufacturing did that end? Yeah, no. So Rain Deck, we just design, manufacture, sell product, and then we'll consult. Gotcha. So we'll send... We'll send a guy out on a job site if the client wants a two-day, three-day consult to make sure they're doing stuff correctly. And mm-hmm. we call it Rain Deck Purchase with Confidence. Mm. So, you know, and this typically come with like, this is a great uh, product for a campground owner, RV park, that usually these guys that buy these RV parks are, they have a background in construction. So they're going to build their own. Mm-hmm. They've never done a splash pad. So they want a little peace of mind. So we'll send that guy out there for a fee, and uh, I think it's been a great thing for us. I bet that helps get your product done right, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes us look look good, right? Sure. How do you, you know, control the splash pad? Is it, you know, pool automation, or do you have an app? How does that work? So if you're doing pool automation already, and you're, and you're doing like a pool tie-in or whatever, or a separate pump, uh, yeah. So that's going to be directly linked to the pool automation. Um, our control system, you have to manually, you know, push buttons to make it do different solenoids or different uh, rotations. But activating the splash pad, there's different options. You can do a smart outlet, you know, from an app, you know, on your phone. You can smart do a, things or something. Yeah, you can do a touch activator so that kids touch the post or touch the foot on the ground sensor, which activates it, and uh, do a spa timer. Yeah, <laughs> that's the least expensive. Have you seen people use like a ton of different smart things for that kind of thing? Because they've got like the sensor set up, the, the plugins, and all that stuff. Yeah, just really just a smart outlet is what we've seen on a residential side. Uh, when you get into commercial, they're doing you know touch post activation. Oh, that's cool. And so I'll turn it on for fifteen minutes and then shut off, and they got to touch it again. That's really handy. When a lot of people, believe it or not, do fresh water splash beds. 
So they take culinary water from the city, run it through the splash pad, and then waste it to the sewer. You'd be surprised on how many cities in Arizona do that. I've heard that before. It's because they don't want the uh, Board of Health implications, right? Yeah, they want to deal with county health because they're going to treat it like a swimming pool so you can have inspections. and yeah. Then you got maintenance. You guys know maintenance of pool equipment. I mean, splash pads are using all similar pool equipment. Guys, you know what I think has done it well, and I know there's a lot of splash pads out there, but just kind of being local is um, Scottsdale Quarter. Because I feel like no matter when it is, you'll see kids there, and it is aesthetically pleasing. It mm-hmm. could be Christmas time, and the water could be going off, and like all the lights and you know the Christmas trees and different things going on. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just really cool looking. Yeah. Is that you guys? No, no that, that wasn't us. All right. That's probably a company out of Canada or something that charges a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to think, though. I can't remember. I don't think it's rubber. No, I, I don't. Even though I don't know what the acrylic looks like, I don't know if I've seen anything else but rubber. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what that surface is. It's just tile. You're talking about Scottsdale yeah. Quarter? Yeah, yeah, it's just tile, right? Yeah, but it's on a pedestal. It's a pedestal deck. So Kind of slippery, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Not going to lie, I've never been out there with my shoes off. <laughs> Jumped around in it. What are some of your favorite projects you've been involved in? Maybe some of the largest, most involved, favorites in general? Yeah, so my business partners won't agree with me on this one <laughs> um, just because it was a little bit of a, a nightmare at some times, some points. But probably Kiwanis Park in Tempe, the cloud. Um, it won a national award for, uh, uh, I think, architecture or something. But uh, we basically integrated a lot of technology within that splash pad. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you know, you could play music and um, the jets would shoot off to certain beats and the lighting would go off to certain beats. So it was basically a rainforest theme. And so there'd be a thunderstorm that would happen and the lightning would go off. And so you'd have that effect. And then a big old raindrop of water would come down and and uh that's still that's still out there i don't i don't know if it's still functioning that way <laughs> i was gonna say but i've never was, seen that one yeah it was pretty awesome when it when we had the grand opening it was uh i mean it was painful yes it was i'll agree but in terms of like stretching and growing and and knowing that we could do something that technologically advanced mm-hmm. it was pretty uh felt good what about the biggest What's the biggest one you've done? Square footage wise. Square footage wise? Uh, probably around 6,000. 6,000. Commercial for sure. Yeah. That, uh, That's a big boy. Has in an RV park in California. Wow. Yeah. That thing must have had a ton of features. Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. We're actually, there's a, a, a client that's doing the install themselves or having someone locally do it, but the product alone for that was four hundred thousand. Big budget. Yeah. Well, these are these are campgrounds that are they put a lot of money into water parks. Yeah. You know? I gotta imagine that would separate them for sure. Yeah. Different different clientele they're looking for, obviously, right? Family friendly. Right. 
you know, it's hot there, wherever they're at. And they want to offer some cool stuff. Do you have any uh, programs or incentives for, you know, pool service guys or builders or anybody that, you know, wants to take it upon themselves to, you know, sell a splash pad to somebody? Like what's the best way to go about that? <laughs> Buy it. And- yeah. At one time we were doing some kind of incentive, like, Hey, we'll give you a footing base, you know, install it in a Baja shelf and, you know, sell your client on a mushroom or something like that. Um, what's here's what's interesting about the pool industry and we used to go to the pool and spa show like all the time i remember when i first moved here almost 12 years ago now we'd go to the vegas pool and spa show like every year right we'd have a booth paid crazy money for you know these union workers to come set up our big tower there <laughs> we mm-hmm. had a big tower feature and uh we would we wouldn't get a lot of uh sales from it it was interesting. And so we, we don't actually do trade shows anymore. Hmm. We stopped doing trade shows pre-COVID, then obviously after COVID. Um, but we just had, we, we didn't see a lot of traction from trade shows. And uh, I think our, the way we find people is just through Google AdWords, and we're pretty good at that. And uh, just word of mouth and and repeat business. But to really answer your question, um, homeowners drive drive it more than pool builders. So a pool builder being their backyard, and the homeowner will say, "Hey, can you put a splash pad over here in this area?" And then they'll contact us. The pool builder will. So I don't have a lot of pool builders that are like, "Hey, I want to do a splash pad because they want to do a pool. That's what they know." It's, that's their box, right? That's their wheelhouse. So I don't know if that's a good thing to say, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You're more uh, selling direct to the customer. So, yeah. We'll yeah. sell to whoever wants to buy. Just hope they. <laughs> now, we do have contractor discounts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just seeing how people could, you know, sort of take advantage of this, you know, if they're like, Marty building a pool. Let's get this in there because we're already going to have like the shockery people here. We're going to have the steel people, yeah. and you know you can kind of knock it all out at once. And I'm sure that's what most people do, right? Yeah, for sure. During new builds, yeah, definitely. Cool. So, do you have a book that you recommend? To be honest with you, I don't read a lot of books. The only book that I read on a consistent basis is the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Well, there you go. There's your book. There's my book. Yeah. It's a pretty good book. <laughs> yeah. I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. What kind of stuff you watch besides pickleball? Uh, I watch a lot of, I'm a, yeah, I watch a lot of pickleball. It's pretty sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. We didn't even get into that. You want to share a little bit about, you know, some of the fun activities you got going on, what you like to do? Oh, I, well, I, I love pickleball. I took it up about a, a little over a year ago and just, it's a great workout, great cardio. Um, you said you lost 30 pounds, right? Yeah, I've lost 30 pounds in the last couple of months. Uh, not just from pickleball, but, you know, changing diet and just being smart. You know, I got, I got four kids ranging from 21 to six years old. So I got to, I'm 48. I got to, I got to be around for a while. I got to keep up with them. Yeah. So why do they call it pickleball? 
started back in 1965 in Washington State. Um, I don't know the exact reason why that name came about. I know there's a reason, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's like hitting a wiffle ball. So that's really what it is, huh? It's like the ball's different. It's yeah. almost like a giant ping pong paddle. Yeah, exactly. It's rectangle though, isn't it? Isn't it like a long rectangle? Like cricket or no? No. It's round? Yeah. Oh. Shows you what I know about pickleball. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get you guys out and play. That'd be cool. Super down. So if people want to reach out, learn more about Rain Deck, where can they where can they find you? Raindeck.com. That's where you can see that nice, what, 12-minute video? Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things on our website. No, we have, a, we have uh, some video content on there just for troubleshooting and some technical stuff with control systems and, and lights and drains and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Appreciate you being on the show. This was a fun talk about something I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Appreciate you having me. You guys are awesome and uh, look forward to doing some more stuff with you. Maybe come out to our facility and check it out and see what we do actually do there. Yes and yes. Okay. (laughs) Let's do it. Take care. Thanks, Thanks, Ryan. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below or poolchasers2.0.com. This episode was produced by the amazing Kyle Ald. I'm Greg Viafania, and you've been listening to the Pool Chasers Podcast.